this fine and dark and cold night. I don't know why I started out with fine. Not that fine, not at all. Uh, yes, yeah, so this evening, as all of you are surely well aware, we are debating the motion of this household experiment with drugs. Uh, sure to be a very interesting motion indeed. We have some fine speakers on each side. Uh, but before that, I just have a few announcements that I need to uh, inform you of. Uh, first of all, you may remember last week that I uh, informed you that we would be having a charity filibuster event on the first weekend of, of February. Unfortunately, this has now had to be uh, indefinitely postponed. That's like, uh, the plan had been to hold it in conjunction with the uh, QUB Dragon Slayers during one of their 24-hour lock-in events, uh, and that would enable us to have a room uh, for 24 hours. But sadly, they have had to postpone their event, which means ours is now postponed uh, in sync. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, the, the good news though, just on a, on a note that doesn't really concern most of you, but is that they had another one planned which they had pulled forward that week, which means that we basically now have unlimited crash for our upcoming IV, uh, which means thankfully uh, you, you may be relieved to hear none of you will be asked to fork over floor space uh, during the, the last weekend in March. But yes, sadly, the uh, charity filibuster evening has been postponed. Uh, there won't really be an opportunity for us to do a full 24-hour one during the uh, remaining time of the second year. We may possibly consider doing a 12-hour one, but more likely than not, it will be something left for the, the next session to take a crack at, uh, much to my uh, sincere disappointment. I really did want to do that. Uh, the next announcement is that uh, they, as you will have seen if you are members of the... Uh, hello, Lily! Uh, if you're members of the literary forum, our uh, group, uh, yes, our group page on Facebook, I put up a poll last Saturday regarding uh, an upcoming film tonight uh, that we would very much like to host. Uh, a great response to that poll indeed, I believe. The most popular night had about 20 responses, uh, which if everybody came along on that evening would be quite brilliant. Uh, I'm just quickly find it. I believe the evening that most people seem to gravitate towards. Ah, yes, I pinned it. That's why I can't find it. The, e the evening that most people seem, or the day that most people seem to gravitate towards, was Saturday the 27th. Oddly enough, I didn't expect a weekend to win, but just 19 people voted for that. The uh, runner-up was actually joint runner-up was Friday the 26th and Monday the 22nd. So uh, an issue had been raised uh, to me by council that. A weekend may not be the best day due to the number of people who would tend to work on a weekend. Uh, I am personally of the opinion that seeing as how every other day except Thursdays for the next two weeks was included in that poll, that we simply must go with the one the greatest response. But um, can I just have a very quick show of hands? Uh, who would be willing and most importantly able to attend uh, a screening of Dead Poet Society? Uh, and there will be free pizza and whatnot on Saturday the 27th. Push this show of hands. That's okay, it's a decent number. And what about uh, Friday 26th? Here, okay, well, okay. Saturday seems to be uh, the best day at the moment. So, yes, provisionally, uh, if you would all like to just assume that it will be happening on Saturday the 27th, that would be very much appreciated. Um, there is always a fear with these things that when you put up a poll, and people vote for things that they just say, ah, sure, I can do that yet, and then don't bother to do the thing on the dip, uh, which would be a very sad indeed. So yes, that's probably when we'll have that then. Otherwise, uh, we have a piece of private memory business that I'll come back to in just a moment. Uh, can I make a quick, like, announcement thing? Certainly, once I've got through the other side. Okay. Um, 
So, two quick ones. Uh, we will indeed have printed tarot cards again. We are doing a bit of shopping around to anyone involved in other clubs and societies. If you've been going to Kaizen for your printed materials, I would strongly advise that you reconsider that and instead check out a place uh, down Brown City Centre called Cathedral Graphics. They are considerably cheaper and considerably faster. Uh, we simply don't have one side of the tarot card finalised yet. Which is why we don't have them tonight. But they are sponsored now, so I assume they Yes, indeed. <laughs> but uh, we will definitely have them by next week, so be sure to grab one next week when we have them. Otherwise, we are always looking for speakers, just be aware. Next week is completely booked up already, that's the Israel debate, but uh, there are spaces remaining for every side, I think, on every other motion for the rest of the term. So please do speak to either myself or Mr. Matt Bryson gives a wave. Can't see. There he is, of course. I'm used to your full, thick, luscious mane, and uh, yes, sadly you don't have it this week. So, um, <laughs> two announcements remaining apart from Miss Letters. If I can quickly find the PMB, well, ah yes, PMB, so that can be said. Uh, one more then, apart from Lily's. Lily, do you want to do yours now then, so I can say the other one for last? Uh, Wednesday the... Okay. Next, what is it? Next Wednesday. Um, we're going to be hosting a workshop um, with kind of with the student unions are over there as the women's officer. In case you guys didn't know, um, I'm kind of focusing on like women's. Um, Debating and like issues and that and stuff and all different bits involved surrounding that. So we'd love to see as many girls there as possible. We're getting an event up. Um, like I said, it's going to be in the SU's uh, club rooms, five and six. You said, isn't it? Uh, just six. Just six. Club. Okay. Yeah, there'll be a club room. Um, there'll be more info on it. I'll put it on the air room and stuff. But like, we real big push. If you guys, if there's any women in this room who've never debated, who've debated loads, like. Any anything that you want to know or want help with, even if it's just like presentation stuff, come along. Um, we'd love to kind of hear your opinions, and um, we'll do a couple of different bits of work for it. So, um, if you have, if you want any more information, hit me up or if you want to ask Sarah. Um, it is five o'clock. There you go. She's more than nice. Um, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting time. It's better. It's okay. It'll be fine. Um, Will it though? Yes. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Literary Council has a trust meeting planned for half an hour after that start time. Oh, but, you know, okay. I'm sure we can figure something out. Oh, cool, okay. um, don't worry, nothing, nothing that they were doing, I was going to be worried about. Uh, so yes, our final announcement, and a, a big one indeed, is that I, I am very uh, very pleased to announce that the Literary also on that, that same day, um, but a few hours later, uh, is engaged in a, a, a joint event with another old and illustrious society at Queen's University, and we have been heavily involved with the organisation. Uh, mainly, uh, in aid of our student newspaper, The Gown, uh, the, uh, the Gown, uh, among literature, and a whole selection of other societies, are hosting a pub quiz that evening uh, at around about 8 o'clock. The aim of this quiz is to help The Gown get back into print. Uh, Miss Grania Green, where are thou? Get some wave. I know you're in there somewhere. There you are! Grania is the, the lovely editor of The Guy. Would you, would you like to give us a brief overview of what The Guy is and does? Go on! Sell, sell The Guy and tell the people where, where she come. Uh, so, it is... Sad. The Guy is the oldest uh, independent newspaper um, in the UK. Um, and established 1955. Um, we're totally independent from Queen's, so we don't get any funding from Queen's. Um, so it's really difficult to raise money to go to print, it costs £500. Um, so 
Calvin has been so generous in helping us organise this. Those of other studies are involved, we're just really excited about it. It's a really good cause. It helps students get their work published. So if any of you ever want to write the guy as well, you can look up on Facebook and stuff. Hopefully see it in front soon. There you go. The, um, like I said, doors will open at half seven, start times eight. It's in bar sub over in the union. It's three pounds per person, five people per key. The, it's, it's fairly general knowledge, because all the societies involved, there's about a dozen at this point, have been asked to give us a topic and then questions that we derive from those. Uh, basically, the way it is at the moment, there are, the government has managed to acquire a bit of funding from some other places, but still nowhere near enough to go to print. So if every society involved were to put in uh, one team, we're pretty sure that they'd have enough then by the end of the night to go back to print. However, uh, this whole idea kind of stemmed from whenever we put a pub crawl on back in Halloween, and the, the turnout was far greater than I had expected. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, pretty much. That was, that was my reaction to it. Um, so yeah, I would it would be really great if uh, as many of you as possible could be there uh, next Wednesday. Not least because I am absolutely using this as one of like the, the tentpole points in our... Oh, and this is an announcement. Literific is absolutely and most definitely applying for the Best Society Award this year. Awards. Um, we, will, we will steal it away from the grubby little hands of SWAT and uh, lost stock of offense to Glasgow. Um, uh, but seriously, they... Oh, so... Uh, this comment of the year involved to an extent I can't see anyone even. She's here somewhere. But yes, we absolutely plan on applying and gosh darn it winning it. Um, so if this event was a success uh, and a rip roaring one at that, it would contribute immensely to our pitch. So please do uh, get a team together if you can, like I said, team to five, three point each, only a few hours, and there are prizes, first, second, third. I'm not entirely sure what they are at the moment, they're being organised by somebody else. But it is for a very good cause, and uh, the, the gown, as far as I'm aware, has gone to print at least once uh, every academic year since 1955. Uh, and they have, unfortunately, not been able to just yet this academic year, because no one wants to put adverts in the student newspaper anymore. Um, so it, it would be a crying shame if they didn't manage to get back to print um, this semester. So please, if you can, get a team together and attend. Otherwise, I believe uh, that's all the announcements. There's a bit for private members' business later. But in the meantime, to read the minutes of the 13th Ordinary Meeting, this house would see some means. I would like to welcome the beloved Secretary, Mr. Peter Dunn! Well, I'm not sure about beloved Secretary, but I am. The 13th Ordinary Meeting of the 169th Session of the Literary and Scientific Society took place on the 11th of January and was attended by 54 members. After a rundown of lots of exciting activities to attend, private members' business was begun by our external convener, Mr. Hugh Dobbin. He asked the House how we should celebrate the one-year anniversary of Stormont's collapse. Ms. Kara Campbell suggested that we should pop up to stop and explore all the empty rooms with people doing them. <laughs> Which we've kind of done already with our spectacular stomach day. Mr. Dr. then maintained that he wasn't a bear. Don't quite, not quite sure the relevance to understand. <laughs> but oh well. Um, and then said we should celebrate Stomach's class by class by reading government. Wasn't quite sure if Mr. Dr. was intending to do this single handedly, as he gave no proposed solution to get the government back. No, we didn't Mr. Scott Moore then proclaimed in a confident manner that he always does 
that we should get the government back up and running by instigating the provisional literary government, which, <laughs> which of course was here, here. with rapturous applause from members of the House. Mr. Shea Glasgow then announced that he had a serious point to make, which was met from sides from all across the room. He stated that it had been 20 years since the Good Friday Agreement, and still the two largest parties in Northern Ireland that can't work together in the best interest of the population. Mr. Alchemist McSparrow, regaling at last week's news, commented upon the release of The Fire and the Fury, asking the House whether Trump is indeed untouchable or whether he is now on thin ice. Our social officer, Mr. Conor Neal, commented that with the rise of fake news, he's pretty much infallible, as whatever allegations come his way, the distortion of what is true has become that complex that even the true news is still fake. Mr. Hugh Dobbin said he loves to defend the man, as he's of course a genius and a very stable genius at that. But the book was clearly jumping on the bandwagon and uses incredibly sketchy evidence to support the claims that it makes. It was then on to President's questions, which saw the stable fixture of all our debates, a piercing question from Mr. Matthew Salum. He asked the President if he could be any revolutionary, who would he be? His answer, which is beautifully sung, I'm not going to sing it, was of course Alexander Hamilton, and this was met with a decent amount of applause from the House. <laughs> Mr. Russell then, then asked the President what he received for Christmas, and even though he claimed he was too old for presents, his mummy and daddy got him a Nintendo Switch. It's truly a magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Edmund Doherty, who sounded notably distressed, that the President had done something to him two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was hushed up very quickly. Um, which got him thinking. And somehow this related into asking the question of which die hard sequel he thought was the best, after lots of unnecessary explanations of all the films. Um, two would be a classic film in its own way if it wasn't the first. The president argued. Mr. Dobbin then pointed out the Godkin approved message that red Calvin smells behind him. What then followed was far too exciting to be signed in the minutes. Miss Kira Campbell then asked if the, the president did indeed smell, um, what did he smell like? And I can tell you, sitting up at the front of him every other day, I wouldn't really like to enlighten the house on that matter. But the president claimed apparently that he smells of God's tears, wasn't he? Um, the president then forgot to take vote in my opinion, but did manage to introduce the motion to the evening, which read that this house would seize the production. Opening the debate in stunning dramatic form was Mr. Matthew Sullivan. Capitalism, we argued, is a disease of the most severe proportions, which is, of course, infecting our democracy and creating us all into parasites. It corrupts the hearts of men, and thus we should all rise up in arms. He concluded by asserting that this is the only way to create a truly fair and equal society, which should fully value, value the labour of the individual. Starting the argument for the opposition was Mr. Conor Neal. He started his speech by claiming that despite Mr. Sullivan's dramatic musings, communism was indeed the most dangerous of ideologies, which imposed much misery and suffering to the world. He went on saying, we can't illegally take what's what's not ours, and we need to harness the human desire for self-improvement and channel it into a social and um, productive way. 
He also commented that Mr. Sullivan was clearly not an economist. Funny that. <laughs> Mr. Hugh Dolling continued the argument for the proposition. He continued with the energy and passion and drive of Mr. Sullivan, declaring that full societal change on every level, from the ground up, that the world hasn't ever seen before was necessary. The propositions that say no holds barred approach to the motion led them to argue that any means at all necessary, the regime will be implemented in glorious and stunning form. <laughs> Continued the argument of the opposition that was our Chancellor of the Exchequer, Mr John MacDonald. He had a glint of the soulless Theresa May in his eye, and Josie started with the Sultan communism. But alas, Mr MacDonald started reading from some dodgy manifesto. He argued that the book written in 1848 has continued being used to uphold an ideology that had failed, 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 and failed again. He advocated the power of democracy to create political change through peaceful means, and generally just said lots of capitalist things. Including the proposition that was Miss Emma Crotty-Wallace. She claimed that capitalism is a bitter cycle which needed to be prevented. And you've got all to the opposition's claim she advocated a revolution, reasoning that it's better to be naughty than nice. Um, she then assured everyone that they wouldn't nationalise the pubs, much to their house's relief, as they were ours already, but pleaded for the House to vote within this evening to end equality and inequality and poverty. Mr. Osselnard then closed the case to the opposition. He found the easy thing to do in this debate would be to highlight the few places in the world who st still adopt that ideology of communism. Having appalling human rights records, including the supposed paradise of Cuba, um, recorded to have some of the most brutal suppression of political dissidents. He then said he could simply make fun out of Karl Marx's beard and his job for the evening will be done. But alas, this man's speech was, of course, much more substantive than that. He reasoned that it's scary and dangerous to have a government with a finger in every single pie. And this, um, the social change with the current system is what we need, not a revolution. He ended with a message from his sponsor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Questions were then heard from Ms. Kerr Campbell, Mr. Orton Sparrow, Mr. Jeremy Muller, Ms. Lauren Carvey O'Neill, Mr. Dobbin, Mr. Doherty, Mr. Scott Moore, and Mr. Jeff Patton. A vote on suitability was then taken, which read 11 votes for the proposition, 14 for the opposition, and 8 abstentions. May I take the minutes as read? So, we shall now go into private members' business. Uh, we shall come to the piece that I was emailed just in a moment. But does anybody on at the floor have a piece of private members' business for this evening? Uh, Miss Swale. Alright, so this year, uh, not this year, uh, recently, uh, there, was, there was a... Um, there was a false um, uh, nuclear. Uh, there was a false missile warning in two areas in the world, and I'd like the house to discuss this, uh, knowing the fact that uh, basically they had to um, retest the system at at the start of each shift, 
and the test button was right next to the actual button. So I, so I think it would be interesting to discuss this. Thank you very much. Uh, any computer scientists in the room? <laughs> Mr. Alright. Whatever idiot decided that, that, first of all, the option menu for this should have had two options and a drop-down menu. These should be, like, mission-critical options, but you could easily choose the wrong one with no confirmation. It needs to be taken out back, there are degrees stripped, and shot. I too used to believe that you meant their degrees to be shot. You're not applying it. Don't misquote me, sir. Like, are you someone? Any other people have any thoughts on the matter? Miss Campbell. I just want to say how horrified I was to read some of the comments of people who have been in Hawaii. It took 38 minutes for them to rectify this mistake. And I think that's ridiculous. Imagine getting this text on your phone and you think you have 15 minutes left to live. Like the amount of trauma people must be going through is crazy. And um, I'm sure it was a honest mistake due to a drop-down box, but I can't help but think that this is really contributing to the instability within the US. Absolutely. Uh, anyone else? Mr. Heckman. Are there any, uh, I believe there's a chair down here. I'd like to I don't really like the floor as demonstrated on our last meeting of the year. Um, oh, sorry. Take a second to hit people. It's okay. I know that feeling. Sorry. I would just like to second the, 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 the point made by uh, Mr. Sarno there and say that it was a dumb thing that happened. It's a terrible shame that it's happened. But I don't think we can blame that for the instability of the sex. I think that's a, probably a little bit of <coughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, other, other than that, I would just like to say, blame Apple. It's a dumb system. Thank you very much, Mr. Heckman. Uh, Mr. Gordon. Yeah, I, I just build on that point. I don't think it's the, the, the time in the 38 minutes will contribute to any instability of a country. I think 38 minutes where there is a nuclear attack, a possible nuclear attack, I think all the generals are panicking themselves and worrying and trying to look for this nuclear missile before sending the false text. Because if you were to send the false text when there was actually a nuclear coming, that's a different story. Thank you, Mr. Burke, Mr. I don't know, maybe American all of its uh, convention needs a bit of a drama to. <laughs> Way too serious for this debate. Am I the only one that's having flashbacks from this? In how many years ago was it that they did an inspection of an American nuclear silo and found out that the door designed to prevent terrorists and Russian agents from breaking in was propped open with a crowbar? How many years ago was it that an officer in charge of the nuclear launch keys was found asleep at his post by someone delivering a burrito? How many years ago was it? the head of the nuclear command chain, the guy that, at this point, Obama would have given the order to, 
was prosecuted in Russia for drunkenly punching a beacons impersonator. Is <laughs> not new. I am ashamed that this is not surprising. But come on. <laughs> Until you mentioned Obama, I was really hoping you were going to end up with no years. It literally happened five minutes ago. Have you not seen your phones? Oh, you quite good. But, Mr. Young, do you want to add a point or? Uh, potentially, yes. Uh, this expands upon uh, Mr. O'Neill's point in that uh, there's a fantastic anecdote from the, uh, the 38 minutes which, um, in which they thought that nuclear missiles were coming and they were all going to die. And this husband was sitting in his room in Hawaii uh, and he said, and he turned to his wife and he said, you know, if we only have 38 minutes left to live, you know, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad I can spend the last bit of my life, you know, staring out at the sun, uh, at the uh, at the horizon. And of course, his wife turned to him, called him an idiot, and said, "We need to run now." Very <laughs> <laughs> good indeed. So, uh, yes, I'm not any particularly pressing next points. We'll move on to the next piece of private members' business. Uh, yes, does anybody else have another one, or shall I just go to the email? Uh, I'll take a second and then I'll go to. It's a really specific one. You can go to the email. No, the email's probably the same to last. Yeah, yeah. I would just like to know what the house's response is to the latest, the, the latest trends crossing the interwebs and our word. That being the tide pod dying, and if its presence means that we are truly as a species. Miss Conlon? If you're someone who takes part in the tide pod and you actually put a tide pod on pizza, you deserve to go like. It's just survival of the uh, I'll go with Mr. Okay. Um, well, I think the biggest disappointment in all this is the fact that so many people are taking the Tiger Pods raw. <laughs> <laughs> They've really got to go and ramsey this up. They've like, properly give it some presentation. My question is. Why are these people only sticking to this one brand? Why don't they get the The personal pods or the dance ones? Why don't they try the different ones? Surely they're all as terrible as each other and then every idiot in the world can die happily. You would think so, Mr. Gregory, but as soon as you ask that question, Mr. Glasgow's hand shot up. That's it for you. I was just genuinely wondering, do we have a responsibility towards these stupid people not to? Like, they look like something like a Willy Wonka's factory. Maybe it's like a room and responsibility and make them look just not so good. This better time. In response to that, I'd say, realistically, we do need to call the population. <laughs> 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 oh, this has been a lot darker <laughs> On that point, uh, it makes me wish that the Hawaii thing wasn't a false alarm. <laughs> Right, I'm doing an important job, I save people's lives, pick up the phone, Hi, I'm some twat teenager who decided to take Tide Pods in my mouth for no reason whatsoever. Like, wise up, you're wasting these people's time when they could actually go to someone who has been, like, fair enough, they've been poisoned as well. <laughs> Well, I for one felt that I'm going to be tied part of Overlord. And once more, I'm 
before, I think it's a natural human reaction. Haven't we all wanted to eat it's like so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's dense, it's doomed as a country for a generation. Are there any final points on that? I will... I think so. I what you've just said. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, order, order, order. This generation of the US is already fucked. No matter what the time points. Point of order. Point of order. Point of order. Miss Swale swore to. You are not equal. And how many people would consider what Miss Wales said of swear? I'm not Miss Wales. Is that a you Are you saying it wasn't a swear? Are you saying it was? I'm not Miss Wales. I'm with the, the member in question who sent this in, and he has confirmed uh, that uh, I don't need to read the entire thing out verbatim. Uh, so, uh, so basically, one of our new members this year, uh, Mr. Uh, Michael McConway, gives away it. Good sir, got it back there, uh, has decided uh, to attempt that most valiant of efforts and start up a, a new society, or the very least look into starting a new society. Uh, he is attempting to ascertain whether or not it will be feasible to start up a Just a Minute Society based on the, the popularity of the show uh, that was expressed at our, I believe it was our last meeting of the winter semester. Um, the, the, so just to briefly read an extract from his email, he, re he writes, um, Just a Minute, uh, based, uh, the Just a Minute Society based on the Radio 4 panel game Synonym. Uh, oh, this, this can't actually be read out like that, that doesn't make any sense. Ah, in synopsis. Uh, one need not have listened to the radio show to join and take part in the society, uh, and this is certainly not a fact of it. My aim for the society is to allow Queen students of all disciplines and age groups to explore and display their comedic talent uh, by speaking on a number of subjects without hesitation, repetition, or deviation. Uh, a platform uh, for students to perform comedy or even try it out uh, is an opening in the extensive lists, list of uh, societies of Queen's. Uh, currently he feels subjects need not uh, toe the line of academia and can be chosen to facilitate humorous dialogue between participants. For example, My Worst Hangover, uh, the dreaded icebreaker tutorial, or even the, the haunted house on Stormont Hill. Uh, for that matter, uh, the discipline format is also useful in developing interview skills and improving public speaking, thus particularly relevant for the university students. Uh, with time, hopefully the best speakers can contribute towards a specially recorded meeting, perhaps uh, with uh, Queen's Radio. Uh, so yes, uh, so the, the reason for this press is a number of the members of the House said that they enjoyed the show, I mentioned in passing, and they did last semester. And so, yes, uh, if anybody uh, is interested, I believe the uh, minimum number of students required to officially find a new society under student union rules is 15. 
Uh, you also require two people to be the secretary, treasurer, and I presume, of course, uh, Mr. Conway would want to be the president himself. Mr. Conway, is there anything you'd like to say on the matter yourself? But by all means, take the floor. Well, I just thought it was quite ironic uh, that I sent you some notes uh, to provoke a new improvisational comedy society. Apparently, that was a oversight to him. Maybe I'm crazy for certain, but if anyone uh, is interested, uh, uh, if you'd like to deviate towards me at the end of the debate, <laughs> register your interest so that we can get these 15 people and then move on to the next stage. Uh, thank you very much. I'm sorry to take off any debating time. Thank you. As, as I uh, believe was hopefully illustrated earlier, the Litter Group is always willing and indeed eager to help out uh, societies old and new and anything in between. Uh, this will, you have a. I looked up where we're called to swear. Where are we not? Uh -huh. The first thing that came up, and I'm not kidding. Right, I looked up whether what I said is a swear word or not. The first thing that came up, what is not a swear word, which may come as a surprise to those of us. <laughs> Fine too. No, I mean, no, I mean, I mean that, that is source. Uh, frankly, <laughs> frankly uh, I am more inclined to go with a reliable source than the wishy-washy police in the house. I will let Mr. Bradley say a point on the matter. Uh, Mr. Chairman, members of the House, Ofcom, who are responsible for TV uh, regulation. As we know, the letter, of, well, we might not know, but the letter of it used to be broadcast on TV and it's broadcast over the internet. So I think the same guidelines should apply. Will you excuse me for swearing? Yes, also, also, see as how she was defending her abilities to the word, that second use is not eligible for fine either. Okay. So, it is technically, according to Ofcom, their second most offensive category, which is strong. Right. <laughs> The strongest being what I will call the C-bomb, fuck and motherfucker. The strongest. Oh god, they don't think I gave you permission to use the words. But it is context of the future and I will be posting this somewhere so that we know, so that there's no arguments like this in the future. Well, I'm, I'm thoroughly confused now. Um, first of all, just a conclusively wrap up that previous bit. Thank you, Mr. Conway. Moving on to other things now. There we go, we're on to this next bit. Mr. O'Neill, can you shed some light on what the heck is going on right now? <laughs> well, I mean, the simple, simple point and observation question I would ask, Mr. O'Neill is, who's the president? <laughs> There was presidential discrepancy regardless of what's question. And so And so when you think exercise that wrong and follow off corner, you make decisions. Alright, well, yes, uh, I mean frankly to begin with, I didn't think it was a swear. What I will say is that seeing as how I was battered about by the, the paltry winds of the house, I will indeed stick with my original and retract your fine. However, I would ask that seeing as how I, uh, the main reason is because I wasn't sure before. Seeing as how the house has now expressed a displeasure and stiff that word, do not utter it again, and if it is uttered by anyone else, it will be considered from this point of fine. I think that is a fair and happy medium. Moving on. Uh, are there any. Uh, are there any. I'm going to say other bits of uh, President's questions, because that seemed like the beginning of that section without me realising it. Uh, Mr. McKenna. Yes. <coughs> 
why is it that the, the crest or the badge on, on the gown is upside down? Is, that, is there some reason for this? Yes, there is. Uh, there is indeed. I, I, I'm being subversive. Uh, that's, that's the official line. Uh, a mild amount of respect is afforded to our university, but certainly not too much. We wouldn't want that, seeing as how they tend to be pretty terrible people. Uh, that, that's the reason why. Uh, are there any other... Uh, oh, by the way, fun fact, we are... This hopefully will not be adorning, 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 my uh, metal for too much longer, as we are this close, this close, ladies and gentlemen, to getting properly official literific lapel pins in proper enamel and metal in the legal arts. Mr. Glasser. Thank you, Mr. President. As you will no doubt be aware, the executive um, committees of all cults and societies were recently sent an email regarding a consultation on the new student centre. Right. I would like to know if the president has any opinions, strong or otherwise, on the demolishing of the students' union. <laughs> I didn't quite get that last bit, but I take the What do you think of the new student centre? Uh, of course, I have uh, no strong opinions, I have no weak opinions, I have no opinions whatsoever. Uh, I will say a few, a few facts um, that I think are important to know. Uh, the current union doesn't look terribly old from the outside, but what you may not know is that not too long ago, I think within the past decade or definitely within the past two, quite a lot of money was pumped into the union. Uh, not to properly refurbish it, just to kind of refurbish it. So the front is basically a facade. Um, it is literally just a bit that has been popped on the front. You can still see it in the sides, where it's a 60s monstrosity. Also, uh, the building itself is really quite scary in places. There are back corridors with no roof tiles and exposed wiring. And I have been warned on multiple occasions not to raise my hands above my head when in those back corridors. Also, uh, there's a hilarious uh, part, I believe, in the uh, Queen's University Belfast uh, Science Fiction and Fantasy storeroom. There is a, a, a large uh, pipe, right, bigger, bigger than I'm making out here, and it runs from, you know, about that long or something like that. And now you might think, oh, that's just a really big pipe, but what in fact it is, is uh, a, a, a lot of plaster encasing a big bit of asbestos. There's literally asbestos at the current union. Uh, also, people were complaining about Mandela Hall and all that, you know, oh, we're going to leave Mandela Hall. This is not the first time Mandela Hall has been rebuilt, um, so it, it is a bit of a, a non-point. Otherwise, uh, I, it appears to me that they haven't really... It's a bit lit in the day for them to be consulting with societies. Also, I'm frankly offended that they have scheduled this consultation session, uh, whatever it is, for right smack dab at the same time as the weekly council meeting of the Lyric. That's just terrible. But otherwise... Like I said, I have no shock in the Mr. Mr. President, if you could be any drug, Mr. Sullivan, if I may ask you a question with a question, what's the most potent? I'll be that one. No, I will be Vicodin, because it is what Dr. Gregory Hoist takes in the US television series House. Which I, I do not so. Uh, Ms. Campbell? Mr. President. Hello. Would you ever eat a side of <laughs> No, I, I, would, I would absolutely not. Um, no. Sorry, I may force others to eat them, but I would not eat them. Uh, final questions question, Mr. Garvey. Why is it that since we've come back here in January, every sentence you say has an advert in it? <laughs> 
that, that question was sponsored by the PlayStation 4 Pro, which is much better than the Nintendo Switch. Look, I, to me, awesome. I, I, you see, I'm trying to think of an answer, Ms. Gardy, that does not violate the numerous non-disclosure agreements that I've signed with uh, entities that I cannot name under the terms of these NDAs. Uh, I don't know, it just kind of happened. Uh, also, just very quickly, I know we want to get started, but I'm just curious, because this wasn't brought up. Uh, if I may do what I've done a few times and use President's question to ask you a question. Uh, did anyone see in the news the fact that North and South Korea will be competing under one flag? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would anybody like to offer just any thoughts on that? Because I would be fascinated to hear what people think. Mr. Max Barron. That's brilliant. That actually is brilliant. I think two countries which have effectively signed a ceasefire for 60 years have somehow, possibly due to the lunatic of the White House, have decided that they're not as big a bunch of lunatics and are going to actually combine together. But I did a bit of Korean culture recently, and the North and South Koreans actually believe that it's a terrible tragedy that they are separated. They do see themselves as one nation, they just have this ideological and um, Gulag ideological difference, <laughs> which they cannot <laughs> fundamentally agree on. But I mean, I think it's a particular set of differences, and really, get rid of one of the longer term conflicts that our world knows. And we could continue on that, and this is such a good step forward. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Barron. Anyone else like to say, uh, Mr. Patton? Oh, I want just to like one deeply worrying point realised uh, pointed out by the last speaker. If this is due to Trump. Making everybody else seem more sane. I am deeply, deeply worried because he is still little rocket man, <laughs> mental guy with a small hand and a smaller button. Thank you very much, Mr. Patton. Uh, Mr. Dixon? No. Uh, Mr. Dawson? I think really it's just a smokescreen given that like North Korea pretty much threatens to like be at a an atomic fire every second of every <laughs> of the week. You know, we should take it with a grain of salt. I also heard that some of the South Korean teams are concerned because the North Korean Teams are nowhere near the same standard as a South Korean team, and they're afraid they might be dragged back. Uh, I'll take Miss Cummins. Just a point of correction, it actually hasn't been decided yet, but it'll be completing on the Lone Manor. It has to go through the Queen's yes. Committee as well. That's right, That's, that, that is true. Uh, and finally, oh, 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 yeah, I was just waiting to see I could take myself. Uh, I will take a swell and then finally Sir Neil. Well, there, I personally think it's a really good thing, but there is uh, there is some people talking about the fact that um, it, it basically recently um, North Korea has been under sanctions, basically to stop this whole threatening to wage nuclear war every two seconds. And some people are saying this as you shouldn't be nice to North Korea, you shouldn't be giving them a helping hand in this. Because you're actually help, because you're basically normalizing. normalizing it, and I personally think it's a good thing, but that's another way to look at it. Uh, no restriction now. I mean, if, yeah. Uh, haven't spoken yet. So we might have to demonize North Korea, but actually maybe rehabilitating it would be practical, non-ideological, make a lot of sense, de-escalate the whole situation, so maybe it'd be good to bring them in from court. Thank you very much. And finally, Mr. Neil, anyway, do you not want to make a point anymore? Just a quick point. I'm excited about it. Um, mainly, just like you said, being culture. Maybe North Korea needs a big culture. Also, apparently, they're bringing 32 athletes and like a 400 bands and woman strong band, and, like 250 cheerleaders, 100 marching band. It's going to be epic. Imagine if everyone brought the same posse to the Olympics. It's a ceremony. Something important.
Tiny just so everyone knows, the North Korean national anthem actually is a banger. <laughs> So, uh, yes, this week I will actually read the article and remember. So, vote on prior opinion. You don't need to remember cards for this. This is the non-binding vote. So, uh, the, uh, to remind you again, the motion seat thing is this house would experiment with drugs. If, as of right now, you are in favour of said motion, please raise your hand and say aye. Give them up, give them up, give them up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, Mr. Secretary. 18. And all those who are as of this point in time opposed to the motion, please raise your hand and say yay! Keep them up, keep them up. 1, 2, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 19. That was 18 votes for 19 votes. Oh. So there we go. It's going to be very interesting to see how uh, things uh, progress as the evening does. But now to propose a motion, uh, I do hereby welcome Mr. Patrick McKenna. Ladies and gentlemen, um, the motion tonight, um, which we have decided to endorse or to, or to reject, is uh, whether or not this house would experiment with drugs. And uh, I'm going to make, I'm going to make uh, an assumption which I don't think is a stretch, and that is to say that uh, when this, this house attempts to emulate some sort of, of legislative authority, and therefore uh, when this house decides whether it would or wouldn't experiment with drugs, it's uh, in effect condemning or approving the, uh, the experimenting with drugs. So therefore I mean to say that to, to vote against this motion is to get, condemn it entirely, not just uh, personally, but um, to reject the idea that anyone should or would. And um, well, first I'd like to talk about what experimenting with drugs is. In essence, it's, it's, it's about risk and reward. When people take drugs, they're, uh, it's, they're taking a risk because there's always that uh, when you're experimenting, that would suggest that you're creating something new, you're trying something which hasn't been done before, you're, uh, you're mixing something or something along those lines. And the intended reward... Yes, you're right. That'd be good, I'm sorry. <laughs> Is it worth it to be creating something new if it's something dangerous like most drugs are? Yes, well, that's what I'm saying. This is a personal decision. This is, uh, I mean, that point exactly. It is an issue of risk and reward. And for me to, to stand here and say that it's, it's, it's not dangerous is... It, Idiotic. It, it is, but it's, it's a, the thing, my point is that it's a personal issue, and uh, you take this risk of mixing, and the intended reward is that you achieve some sort of experience or something which you consider personally to be beneficial, to be positive, to be a good experience. Last one? Oh, sure. Oh. 
You've just admitted now to the House that you're encouraging them, if under your terms of the definition, you've just said that you're encouraging them to do a dangerous activity. Yes. If you don't mitigate the risks, then that's, that's extremely dangerous. Yes, no, I'm not suggesting that someone should go out and do something incredibly dangerous. I'm suggesting that someone should be able to go out and do something incredibly dangerous if they so decide. And, 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 that brings, and that brings me on to what I consider a core point of my, my understanding of this argument, which is that um, this is not something that should be legislated against, because I, 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 I strongly reject the idea that someone knows better, should have the authority to restrict what you do when it has no effect on wider society and is merely something which affects you personally. And, and if someone wishes to do this, then why shouldn't they? And I feel that... No, thank you. I feel that experimenting with drugs is, um, while still at this stage relatively illegal, except for perhaps alcohol and cigarettes, but um, I feel that it's the next block to fall in the sort of social progression as our society matures and liberalizes and things that were once taboo are no longer taboo and will continue to mature and realize that really whatever someone wants to do, if it doesn't affect you, then it's not really important and shouldn't be legislated against. Sure. Just to, just to kind of bring this before the House and, and to direct point here, this isn't a zero-sum game. We're not talking about uh, something that somebody can do, somebody can enjoy, and it doesn't impact other people as you claim. If people are taking dangerous substances, they are causing huge risks to themselves medically. That is going to have a burden on our, our, our welfare system, both in an initial single point on the sense of medical care, but on an ongoing basis, someone says there's mental damage from yeah. taking a drug, they will have an ongoing need for support by society. It's not a zero-sum game, not just persons. Yeah, sure. Well, what, what you mean to say, you're describing irresponsible actions. And, and, and to be honest, I can't simply throw them away. But the idea is that you can do this responsibly. And everything in life involves an element of risk. And, and it, it's hard to draw a line between where a risky action becomes too risky or not risky. And everything in life is about pleasure and risk and experience. And that's where I make that point. I think that drugs are the next block to fall in the sort of, um, the sort of progression. I see it already today with the normalization of weed, certainly coming to Queens, I've seen huge normalization of drug culture. <laughs> I don't want to say swimming in the stuff, but... Um, I, I, I see it as the next one, in the same sense that uh, I come from the Republic of Ireland, and um, I see a huge an acceleration of this liberalization process over the past few, sorry, over the past few years, and I mean, they will eventually repeal the Eighth Amendment if there's enough liberal votes in Dublin. And the, and the whole idea is that we're allowing people to do as they wish with themselves as individuals. Now, um, I'd like to talk about. Uh, sure. Okay, this is. Um, and this is further back. You said it has no effect on wider society. Yes. I add to Morgan's point about it being a burden on the NHS or whatever. Um, it does have an impact on wider society, a huge coordination between um, people who commit crimes, um, may that be like um, theft um, or antisocial behaviour, um, tax, um, even there was murder on Christmas, um, yeah. women staff, guy on drugs. I mean, it's quite mm -hmm. evident it does affect wider society. It's not a yes, well, personal choice, and only you have um, 
Only impact from new purchases. Yeah, I got it. Uh, basically, what you're, you're describing a, a huge correlation between drug-drug-related activity and criminal activity. And I mean, the most straightforward answer to that is that drug-related activity is criminal activity, and therefore will be heavily associated with other types of criminal activity, simply because of the fact that it is illegal, and therefore the production, manufacture, distribution of drugs has to be inherently linked with criminal activity and criminals. And I, I would like to strongly argue against criminalization of drugs because, because and based on the fact that they are a, a personal, internal thing. But uh, really, I think that so there's a huge amount of benefit for society in legalizing drugs because simply because of there's an entire economy that is completely untapped. And usually, economies, you know, they have a relationship with society where they're taxed, therefore they benefit society and government. They allow us to develop our society as a collective. And we have this entire economy which exists, and there are laws against it, and they clearly don't stop it because it still exists. However, we can, you know, I don't see why society shouldn't be tapping this. And I guarantee you that there will be a hell of a lot more money uh, reaped from this economy than the people taking drugs could ever impose on the healthcare system. Frankly, it would be a huge benefit to the healthcare system. And uh, with that, I think I'll finish. Thank you. Yes, for the uh, opposition, our internal leader, uh, Mr. Matthew Preston. <clears throat> <clears throat> Mr. President, Secretary, esteemed members of the House, and she <laughs> 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 Drugs kill. They kill all ages, youths grannies, and probably kittens. <laughs> this is obviously awful for many reasons, but most of all, it takes jobs from good, hard-working serial killers and terrorist children. <laughs> Picture it. It's a nice day in southern Syria. You've worked hard on a plan to assassinate some American capitalist pig. <laughs> and then you were told your target died from an overdose. <laughs> it's pure heartbreak. There is more than one victim of drug overdose. <laughs> Taking drugs also takes time. Time that could be spent on sports, socialising, and especially debating. There is no drug that can give you what a man like Matthew Bradley can do. <laughs> drugs also cost money. And as students, we don't have a lot. Yeah. Wasting money on drugs at our ages means we sacrifice something else. Heat, rent, or our precious avocado and toast. <laughs> However, on a more serious note, let's look at the motion. This house would experiment with drugs. We look at drugs. This is not just a hit of tobacco or popping a paracetamol, but the heavy stuff too. And it's plural, it's drugs, so we're not just trying one, we'll try as many as we can get our hands on. Cats, cocaine, LSD, heroin. We also saw the first prop said that we should endorse the motion because simply saying we would experiment with drugs, we should, uh, because saying we would experiment with drugs simply because we should be allowed to, he's saying legality, because it's, it's because, uh, I'm really getting words mixed here, um, that we should, endorse this motion because we should be allowed to rather than actually doing it, which I think is a complete mismatch of the motion. This is about the personal 
actually whether we should, no thank you, uh, take the drugs or not. Now, when we talk about drugs, we have to talk about addiction. No one starts taking drugs and thinks, I am going to get addicted. Everyone has the mentality they can handle this. Everyone goes into drugs thinking that they will be the one who can take it once and just be fine. The mentality that you take with drugs is vitally, vitally important. Drugs can and do ruin lives. So the mentality of experimenting with drugs uh, is fine because we can do it. We should be allowed to. It's simply a ridiculous and terrible way to look at drugs. On that point? No, thank you. Experimenting with drugs is different to other things. When you're experimenting with drugs, it's not like choosing something new from the Chinese. When you take drugs, you're expecting a high, you're expecting something good, and you are looking for it. You're turning to drugs and seeing them as a form of escape. This is a terrible oh, mentality. Oh. Yeah, I'll take it. This is all very well and good, you saying that, oh yes, we're looking for a way of escape, and that you have to have the right mentality to take drugs. You do need to have the right mentality, you need to understand that there are dangers behind it, because the manufacturing of them involves, um, the majority of the time nowadays, the drug isn't going to be pure, it's going to be crushed up with other things. You find that cocaine is crushed up with glass a lot of the time, and lots of other different substances. It's about the way you take it and how safely you take it. There are tests out there, there are kits, they've now opened drug testing centres where you can go and make sure that um, these these drugs are um, that you are taking if they if you want to are being used safely. It's about even though um, you were saying sorry okay but yeah basically you, you no <laughs> I'm simply I can acknowledge that but what I'm challenging is the concept that we should experiment with drugs because we can as first spot for that. The safety of it is a whole different issue. Um, but as 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 first Dr. Fine, he's talking about it legally as well as uh, experimentally. So the, the safety of it might be a bit more unsafe if it's legal as first Dr. Fine did. Um, also, a far more common and scary, uh, scarily underlooked thing is dependency. And a laissez-faire attitude to drugs only feeds into this. For example, many people would not get shakes after leaving alcohol for a while. But many, many people could not enjoy nights out, or could not socialize because they depend on alcohol uh, for their social skills and their enjoyment. This is seriously damaging as you rely on alcohol for social growth. It is preventing you from trying to better yourself and trying to become a more confident person. As why would you? Because you have alcohol, you don't need to grow. Now, instead of alcohol, how about we put in a more destructive and more addictive drug like heroin? In this case, your body, as well as mind, would be destroyed. Um, and, and so looking at this from a non-serious point of view, a point that we should take it because we can, we should accept this notion because we should be allowed to because of freedom, is ridiculous because that is an awful mentality to take this when this is something that can commonly ruin lives. Um, on that point, I was saying, oh, I have lost my thing. Here it is. Um, Besides the addictions, uh, no matter what you believe or who you are, the goal in life is to be the best version of yourself, whether it is spiritually, physically, or mentally. Drugs go completely against this. They can make you enjoy a night or give you a nice short-term experience. However, in the long term, it gives you no benefits and can seriously ruin your life. No, thank you. Fun is temporary, just like the small benefits of drugs. What you want for your life is it for it to be fulfilling. And drugs cannot and will not give you this. It will harm you physically, spiritually, and mentally. 
Finally, also consider where most of the drugs are coming from. They often come from poor communities and countries such as Colombia, Mexico, and buying these drugs and giving monies to these organizations means more powers to gangs and hurting many people. And drugs stop personal growth. They hurt your body, and in the long term, they give you nothing but pain. Involving them at all would be a complete mistake. Thank you. experimentation because you're talking about drugs that are known to fix these things. It would be experimentation if you took a drug that you didn't know would work as the risk-reward thing that Patrick brought up sort of implies. It's not experimentation if you know it will do that or there's no risk involved. I think with any, any drugs you're going to get side effects, you're going to get risk. 
but if something is not working for you, you need to experiment with other drugs to find something that will work for you. And that's basically what my point is. If I had some of these god-awful conditions, like for example, cancer, PTSD, things like that, I am, I am going to try any drug that is going to help me through that. And for example, there are, can there are cancer sufferers who are at the end of their lives. They're terrified, they face crippling anxiety and depression at the end of their lives. And there was a study that found if you give magic shrooms to these people, they were far more likely to accept death. On that point, mate. No, that might be embarrassing. So, so, pre so pretty much, and they're more, they're more likely to feel, to feel content in their last moments of life. And also, there have been, um, there is actually, that's actually how we treat addiction most of the time. You need, like most people can't quit drugs cold turkey. They they need to get. Unfortunately, sometimes you need to give the drugs to the person to help them get off addiction. And also, for example, other addictions such as al alcoholism, there have actually been treat treatments. Uh, for example, LSD that has found that the that um, these that have basically gotten these people off of alcohol. And this will be a tremendous benefit to, to our economy and society. Because a person... Well, Go on. Yeah, well, I think broken window fallacy. You know, the, there, are, there are periphery economic benefits, such as you know, the distribution and sale of drugs, but that does not match, at least with alcohol and tobacco, the health costs to the whole community. And so we cannot then say enthusiastically say, oh, we should we should you know get a genie out of the bottle on this, which is inevitably going to cause more damage than it's going to solve. Yeah, that's what yeah, but what I'm saying is that if you can treat these people, if you can get rid of their afflictions by using drugs and to have them benefit the society where they don't have to go to the NHS, they don't have to you know, basically be a drain on the government systems, they can actually work and, and be a benefit towards our society and our economy. So I believe in, and also, I believe that this, that this uh, stigma towards drugs is actually causing more addiction, more deaths every single year. Because, for example, the Just Say No campaign in America, that actually increased drug use in America. And also, there have been, met, there have been companies, there have been companies, there have been countries such as Portugal, with, which have decriminalized, decriminalized all drugs. And they have found that mortality rates have gone down, HIV infections have gone down, actual drug addiction has gone down. So I implore the House, for those people who are suffering in society and need drugs to get better, I implore you to, to help this motion get passed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ms. Will. And now to continue the case for the opposition, Mr. Edmund Doherty.
practically dressed when we're in the dark. I know I said that. This is shark. This is what happens when your parents find uh, the photo page on the list. <laughs> Say what? Is, why are you wearing that leather shirt? <laughs> um, I'd like to say this speech is sponsored by the PlayStation 4 Pro. If you get it now, it comes with Star Wars Battlefront 2, also known as Muck Loot Box. Okay, that's the nerd jokes done. Shall I begin? Yes, by all means. Okay, I shall start with a rebuttal of mostly first proposition because second proposition's uh, rebuttal will be handled by Mr. There. Yeah? Okay. Um, so therefore, Mr. McKenna. <laughs> so one of the things you talked about in your speech was the idea of freedom of choice and the idea that people should have the freedom to choose what they wish to do, including with drugs. The problem with drugs is that people are very reckless with them. And they are, a very, they are very reckless substances, especially the ones that you mentioned, and including some of the ones Ms. Swale mentioned as well. Things like LSD and mushrooms and cannabis and all of these things, they are dangerous um, items that I think uh, that they're dangerous to consume. Even a small amount, they are very dangerous things to take, and it's very reckless to take them. Um, On that point? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, to McKenna's idea of what the motion is, as was mentioned by my esteemed colleague, uh, Mr. Bryson, he spoke about the idea that experiment effectively meant legalise. And I don't actually see the connection with this. You can experiment with something that is illegal. It might be illegal to jump off the Hoover Dam, but I'm sure someone has tried it. <laughs> this, this argument is actually, this um, debate is actually an argument about experimenting with drugs. And as I've written down, we are not arguing for banning drugs. We would simply not experiment, as in use either regularly or irregularly, with those drugs. I like, the, I like the recent the accent I put on there. Um, alongside this, Mr. McKenna mentioned the 8th and the whole repeal the 8th. Debate in mid-March, everyone turn up. Um, however, I'd like to point out to him that even though this was clearly an offhand comment, I'm going to stretch out and say that if you did take drugs, specifically illegal drugs, that could severely harm your abortion and make it much more difficult for you. So, he also spoke of the old drug on So, well, what you mean to say is that your argument is based on the fact that society as a collective can turn around to someone and say, no, you shouldn't do this, because this is something that will harm you, even if this person wants to do something else. If I was to say, if someone wanted to go and blow up somewhere, I'd say that that's a bad thing. If someone wanted to kill themselves through cannabis, I'd also say that. Finally, because I have a very long quote to get through, if I don't get through, I will kick over the mic. Uh, don't you dare. <laughs> uh, Mr. McKenna mentioned the drug economy, which is gratefully into my main point. 
which is that these, which is that illegal drugs are purely made to be sold, not to be enjoyed. As Miss Vesa mentioned in the DIY, the whole point, not sorry, the whole point of glass in your cocaine shouldn't really be there. However, a lot of drugs are often put in with random substances. And this is where I bring it on to the difference between drugs and alcohol. Before going back to the thing about being solid. They are both solid, of course, however. The difference between drugs and alcohol is... Oh, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> okay, here's why drugs are more dangerous than alcohol. You see that bottle of wine there that Mr. Kind of has? You see on the back it's got a list of ingredients. Do you get that with an e-tablet, an e-pill? I don't yeah. think so. Admittedly, I've never taken one, but I don't think so. On that point, this is very... Hi. Thank you very much for thank the right on the memo button. It's very important to establish that alcohol in itself is a drug. Yeah. Just, because, yeah. just because it is legalised does not mean that it is a drug. There's many people talking about the inconvenience of the NHS and to, and to antisocial behaviour. Alcohol is legalised and it causes the biggest harm to the criminal justice system and to the NHS. And it is legalised. But it is a drug. <laughs> I like to consider that alcohol poison, but that's my opinion. That is true that you could say that alcohol is a drug. However, I would say that if I had to choose between giving up beer or having or then having a bag of cocaine with me, I think I'd stick with beer. <laughs> and let's be honest, we're, we're not going down to a crack then later on, are we? Yeah. <laughs> Right from the record. <laughs> so, back to the thing about drugs being made to be sold. The drug industry is a very corrupt industry. Big Pharma, another debate reference. I see if you're doing your job. <laughs> um, Big Pharma uh, basically controls the American market. It basically takes so much money from people who shouldn't really have to pay for these drugs. It's a really terrible thing. That's only part of the industry. I would um, point people who are in interested in the idea of experimentation with drugs and how drugs are sold to people, this is an advertisement now for some reason, <laughs> to the film Thank You For Smoking, which is very important because it brings me on to my final point about the media. The pro biggest problem, I think, of why we shouldn't experiment with drugs is the people that want to experiment with drugs primarily do so because of the media. And I'm going to go over time with this, a very slight point. But I'd like to read to you a story of a man who just who kicked off heroin and had gone back to his hometown to finally see what it had been like 20 years later. Some of you may now be thinking what I'm about to read. <clears throat> this is my story. Choose designer lingerie in the vain hope of taking some life back into a dead relationship. Choose handbags, choose high heel shoes, cashmere and silk to make yourself feel what passes for happy. Choose an iPhone made in China by a woman who jumped out of a window and stick it in the pocket of your jacket fresh from a South Asian fire trap. Choose Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram and a thousand other ways to spew your bile across people you've never met. Choose updating your profile. Tell the world what you have for breakfast, Mr. President. <laughs> I hope that 
that someone somewhere cares. She was looking at old flames, desperate to the belief that you don't look as bad as they do. Choose live blogging from your first wank to your last breath. Human interaction reduced to nothing more than data. Choose 10 things you never knew about celebrities about surgery. Maybe because of drugs. Choose screaming about abortion. Choose rape jokes, slut shaming, revenge porn, and an endless tide of depressing misogyny. Choose 9-11 never happened, and if it did, it was the Jews. You choose a zero-hour contract and a two-hour journey to work, and choose the same for your kids, only worse. And maybe tell yourself that it's better than it never happened. And then sit back and smother the pain with an unknown ghost and an unknown drug made in somebody's kit fucking kitchen. That's part of the speech, that doesn't count. You do, I'm letting you go because it's a quote, but you better be very... Choose unfulfilled promise and wishing you'd done it all differently. Choose never learning from your own mistakes. Choose watching history repeat itself. Choose the slow reconciliation towards what you can get, rather than what your eyes hold for. Set up a lesson, keep a brave face on it. Choose disappointment, and choose losing the ones you love. They, then as they fall from view, a piece of you dies with them, until you can see that one day in the future, piece by piece, they will all be gone, and there will be nothing left of you to call alive or dead. Choose your future. Choose life. There we go. Experimenting with drugs, we are not just talking 
about illegal drugs like the members of the opposition will have us believe. No, we are talking about drugs from all across the spectrum. So please broaden your mind with this debate. On that point. No. I am a libertarian. I wholeheartedly and unashamedly believe that we as humans should be allowed to experiment with drugs of all types. Now, like I said, we have not talked about medicinal drugs largely. And I want now to actually do something a bit odd by the Olympic standards, and we're going to get a bit of audience participation here. I want you all to go back to the 1780s. <laughs> yes, I know. My name is Edward Jenner, and there is a plague sweeping Europe and the world. It's called smallpox. Now, if it was not for my experimentation with drugs, where I'll be looking predominantly at the women who deal with cows on farms, they get cowpox, and we find out that whenever you contract cowpox, you do not get smallpox, and this experiment was conducted by Edward Jenner. If it was not for that, smallpox and the drugs, smallpox would be widespread today. In the 20th century alone, on that three point. to five hundred deaths. Our medical standards today are different enough from the 1780s that we do not need to experiment with drugs of the general populace, which can instead be done in a controlled medical environment, which is safe for everyone. I will fully acknowledge that point. However, I would say this here, that if the experimentation had not been done, there would be millions, if not billions, more dead today. That was due to experimentation with drugs in a medical sense. So, when we talk about experimenting with drugs, we've got to remember we're not just talking about someone doing coke in the back of limelight. We're talking about experiments to save people's lives. We still have human testing today. Admittedly, you volunteer for it now. Probably a good decision. But you have that option to volunteer for it. Like I was saying, the 20th century alone, it killed 300 to 500. Yes, Karen. Okay, so might you defend um, the experimentation that happened to fight Mm -hmm. And the motion is this house would, not this house did. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I'll get on with that. Give me one minute, okay? I just want to make this point. Killed, this would have killed between three and five hundred. This killed between three and five hundred million people. Now, like I said, directly because of this experimentation, it was eradicated. And I cannot think of a more prudent example to show why we should experiment with drugs. Now, like I said, the opposition have predominantly focused on experimentation with currently illegal drugs. Um, for example, cocaine, marijuana, and heroin. Yet, and they are detrimental to your health. I'm not going to deny that. However, they frequently have discussed alcohol and said that alcohol is not detrimental to your health. Well, many of us are going down to word workers later tonight, and I'm just going to use... On that point? On that point? Right, okay. We never said anything <laughs> to that. We, we have never endorsed taking alcohol. We've never said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> 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 no, that's not a choice. That's not, that's not endorsing. <laughs> so we, we, no, we have to simply say, Mr. Price, I have seen you drink many times. Mr. Price, Mr. Price, Mr. Mr. Price, 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 a pub, a meeting place where people seek to reach an advanced state of mental incompetence through the repeated consumption of fermented vegetable drinks. <laughs> now, how many people 
die in car crashes because of drink driving? How many people start fights in bars because they're drunk? Alcohol is a very dangerous drug, yet we allow it. So why are people allowed to experiment with alcohol? I expect, yes. So, if I, if I, if I be correct in mm -hmm. saying that, um, you're, I, so far your arguments convinced me that we should prohibit alcohol <laughs> as well as all the <laughs> The point that I'm trying to make is this here. Why are some drugs legal and why are others illegal? And it's society as whole. Well. Society tolerates alcohol, but it's been with us so long. If alcohol was discovered tomorrow, you're probably right, it would be made illegal. Yeah. But, we tolerate alcohol because it's part of our society, and if we got rid of it, can you imagine? Can you imagine the next prohibition of 1930s America? Being the point. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> what I What I'm trying to say is this here, is that why do we allow some drugs and we do not allow other drugs? Um, are we to enter some sort of dystopia where we ban all drugs, we don't allow experimentation, like are we going to have old grannies getting their doors knocked down by the secret police and not allowing Earl Grey? <laughs> but no, this is it, we should be free to experiment. The morals of experimenting with illegal drugs are debatable topics, yes, undeniably. However, if you look back in the 1930s, homosexuality was illegal, nowadays no one cares. So maybe in 30, 40 years' time, no one's going to care if the no, if your drug is illegal. Oh, shit. Right. Pretty much. Okay, so pretty much negative or positive freedom. You should have the right if we endorse negative freedom in this house, as last week's debate proved to us. Um, I'm just going to finish with a talk by Jesse Pinkman here. <laughs> Do I endorse the experimentation of drugs? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> so, I mean, I think, I think technically we do allow swearing if it's in the form of a quotation or it's actually an accurate. Oh, really? Mr. Dunn, you just gave him permission, did you? Wow. I see how it is. Uh, can we get another round of applause, please, for Mr. Garbage Man's speech? of which uh, I'm going to argue, but first I'll just issue some points for above. Um, first we'll be dealing with uh, Miss Wales' points in particular. Uh, the first one, the first main one I identified was the use of drugs in self-medication in particular and the medical benefits that are associated with certain drugs. Uh, in particular, uh, the cannabis, the pain toleration, and uh, the, there are a number of other ones, in particular ecstasy, with uh, certain, I think it's, I can't remember what it is. But basically, the, the main issue here is it's, it's patching over a bigger problem, uh, mainly how, uh, in particular, mental health is dealt with, 
in the current health system. And generally, a workaround is not a long-term solution. It can lead to more, uh, not reflect time. Yeah. Um, it leads to more damage in the long run. It can lead to many, many false cases of, no thank you, many false cases of false prescribed illegal drugs which can exacerbate existing issues. And that, is, that is reckless to people who are already in a dangerous state. Um, and then, second of all, uh, no thank you, um, a third, uh, which was uh, addressing the fact that this uh, motion doesn't exactly just limit itself to illegal drugs. That's absolutely true. Um, we, no one on the opposition bench has um, uh, wished away the problems associated with legal drugs, not just alcohol and tobacco, which are the big ones, um, and coffee, I guess, but also prescribed medication. Prescribed medication is a long list of risks well-known risks uh, that have found themselves into the public domain. At the end of the day, if you don't take responsibility for your own health and you recognise the risks associated with these substances, or you do not communicate correctly, or the medical system does not correctly communicate back with you what your body needs, you're going to have very, very dangerous situations. And that is not something... Yeah, fair um, would you agree that when you're considering medical drugs, you're, you're working with a calculated and uh, considered dosage and uh, it's, it's yeah, I, I see your point. In that sense. Basically, that is the main separation between self-medication and medicated drugs. I'm not saying that medicated drugs do not have a long list of issues. They do, absolutely. We go through it every day. But illegal drugs are more dangerous because they're unexpected, they're unreliable, and they're not prescribed by medical professionals. And I think I should that at this point. Uh, so, I have, I, I don't have much to contribute, but I do to <laughs> uh, Of which, I, I think this could be a case. Okay, fine. I think you have much to contribute. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first of all would be the, the personal risks associated with uh, the social aspect of taking drugs. Because uh, at, at the end of the day, we have to recognise why people take drugs. And um, you parsed out one very much in particular, the fact that it's, it, it opens up new experiences to people. Musicians, philosophers, I've often used these throughout the times to get new inspiration. It, I'm not denying that. It is, it is part and parcel of what drugs are. And the other one is that it's just fun. <laughs> it's a very human thing to look for fun. I mean, if we don't, if we are, if we don't measure our pleasures and our experiences throughout our life, who are we? You know, like it is, it is part of the human condition. However, at the other time, I've seen the risks associated with it downplay. Um, the major one being with illegal drugs is jail time. Jail time separates yourself from your families. Um, it causes considerable damage to your career opportunities. It can often, some careers are entirely uh, written off simply due to a history of using drugs. Um, no, thank you. Um, it's, 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 it's quite dark. Um, it, has, it has consequences for family and personal relationships. I know in particular, it's very rare for someone who takes drugs to have a successful relationship with one which doesn't. Uh, that's anecdotal, but I, I have seen it be the case. Um, and then finally, the implications for the future. A lot of the most commonly used drugs, the ones with the least associated risks, on the top of my mind being cannabis, LSD, and mushrooms, <coughs> have other uh, have mental side effects which associated with contentment. 
and lack of drive and ambition. Uh, this is something in particular which can make someone content with a bad lifestyle and not so willing to improve themselves, which, as the house all are, or would be, are professionals, ambitious people, they're intelligent, they're the kind of people that are desperately needed in modern society. Why should they settle not to, for more drive, more ambition, and to do better things for themselves? Why should they simply accept that's all they're going to get? Simple contentment. It's, it's something that gets yourself in a loop and become extremely dangerous. You have a good viewpoint there. Yeah, you were saying um, if we take yeah, yeah, um, drugs like cannabis and stuff like that, don't experience a drug. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Barack Obama took a lot of cannabis and yeah, yeah, he no, he even addressed this. It's, it's not, it was not a permanent stage of his life. And even then, he accepts that there was considerable risk associated with it. Uh, it is not something you can simply write off. And uh, so, I, I, I've sort of touched on the social issues there. But there are other mental health issues. I, I, I loomed about it with my rebuttal, but uh, unfortunately not. So, um, yeah, so I've seen firsthand the, the consequences of the use of drugs. I've seen uh, what it can do, I've seen the risks associated, and I've also seen how the new experiences benefit people. However, we cannot and will not let the proposition deceive you. It cannot let the fact that these massive risks uh, are completely ignored. It is, and it's especially dangerous if it's being used to self-medicate, because these are vulnerable people who need desperately uh, help from medical professionals. Disassociating them with their friends, family, and relations can be a self-perpetuating cycle of abuse and damage. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't. I, I think life is about maximizing your potential and making the most of it. And I don't think drug use is conducive to that. So I beg the house to oppose the motion. So, in my opinion, you also fell off the wagon a little bit and dealt a great deal with experimenting with drugs in a medical sense. The question I have for you is, would you or would you not experiment with drugs in a purely recreational sense, and why? Thank you very much, Mr. Knight. Personal, personal recreation. Who would like to take that as well? Alright, uh, for... Personally, I, I'm, say, I'm saying here that my word proposition is never actually experimented with any illegal substances. I also never experimented with alcohol, etc., etc. But again, uh, I come from a position where basically I had a very bad pain condition. As I said, couldn't move my hand for about three years, and this was greatly detrimental to my quality of life. Uh, it affected my schoolwork. Uh, basically, I'm very surprised I got the grades I got on it. And it basically, um, I would, if Canvas, for example, would have helped me with that, then fair enough. And Point of clarification with the Yeah, go for it. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm asking in a purely recreational sense, would you or wouldn't you? Purely recreational? Yes, no, nothing outside of that. 
think I, I think I, I think I would if it was le if it was legalized and you were sure you weren't putting a lot of absolute garbage in it. Which, for example, with with them saying that it's it should be illegal to say this is actually detrimental to the people who are actually wanting to get help for this. And also, if it was legalized, like for example, a member of the a member of the opposition said ca cannabis, uh, you can overdose on it. You can't. And basically, if it's regulated and controlled, you won't get that garbage in it that kills you. So you can actually use it to benefit yourself, purely recreational, with, with less of the risk. Thank you, Mr. Anybody from the opposition can respond, Mr. Hare. Yeah. So, um, I think I think the heart of what you're asking was whether you know the, the recreational, you know, uh, associated you know, the benefits of it outweigh the risks. In particular, personally to the member, I I think that's been kind of glossed over a bit in the debate because the motion is we'd experiment with drugs. It assumes not like post some uh, legalization in the future. We mean like today, like we go off and do something, just just purely because we want to. And I, I have I have laid out there there are you know there are incentives to do that. However, I, it's, it's just it just isn't worth it in terms of the long term. Although I'm not trying to scare longer the house and like create invented conditions you might lose your house, you know, whatever. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is it's you know you can do better like <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Day. Are there any points for the opposition? Mr. Roger. Um okay. How does the opposition expect any advancement in medical, biomedical, chemical science? without exper experimentation, with drugs, experimentation that could potentially save any of our lives in the future. And bearing that in mind, how does, or rather does, the opposition differentiate between individual or self-experimentation, government-run experimentation, and simple, pure scientific experimentation in relation to narcotic or psychotropic substances? Thank you, Mr. Who from the opposition would care to take that point? <laughs> Mr. Um, Quite simply, because the motion is this house, so it's a lot of us here, <laughs> that we would experiment with drugs. It's us. That's a very narrow interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> very narrow. Very narrow. However, as I was saying, most of what the proposition has said is to do with themselves, especially in this world. So I think that the idea of scientific experimentation, whilst it could be very important, um, what that ignores, um, and I think there is some work, there is some value to your point, that's why we have a five minute argument about it. I think that what that ignores is the issue of society of social um, experimentation for drugs and that that can be harmful. So, and scientific experimentation, as much as it can be good, um, scientific experimentation can also be dangerous and that can be dangerous on a large scale of drugs, it's not for and it could be dangerous with anything. Thank you, Mr. Doherty. Would anyone from the prop care decide with yourselves? Mr. Rex Byron. Great point. 
Um, we need medical experimentation with drugs to fight illnesses in our society today. We just simply could not fight them, and the illnesses would advance without it. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Spahn, for keeping it succinct. The sixth one. Are the, is this an abstaining point? I presume. No, no. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, any abstaining points? I should clarify. Mr. Sullivan. I would ask both sides if they believe that the topic of controlled medical research is in keeping with the spirit of this motion. Do both sides believe that this was the intent of the motion? Thank you very much, Mr. Sullivan. Uh, ask the uh, prop to respond first. Who would like to take that? Mr. McKenna? Oh, sorry. Yeah, again, I don't decide. Uh, yeah, well, you see, um, the motion doesn't exclude this at all. The motion says yeah. that we experiment with drugs. Drugs being any sort of substance that one takes to induce some sort of effect in the body. And yes, these ideas seem to be harmonized completely. And the thing is that, um, that bacteria and, and uh, illnesses, diseases, whatever, is a continuous process because there's no solution. There's no, okay, we fix it and it's done. You, it's, it's, it's a continuing battle that never ends because bacteria evolves their life, the diseases, new diseases emerge. We constantly need to be experimenting with solutions and developing scientifically ways to heal these things. So I don't think these things are mutually exclusive. And I think that the motion is entirely open to that interpretation. Thank you very much, Mr. McKenna. Uh, for the opposition, Mr. Preston. Um, well, uh, as, as in tone convenient, I put this on the tone card. Um, thinking it would be in motion about whether someone puts drugs in front of you and says, do you want to experiment in recreation, solely recreation, would you do that? So no, I personally do not think that it is in the spirit of the motion to talk about medical uh, senses of experimentation. I'm thinking on a personal level, whether recreation, we would, should, and uh, should be able to. Uh, experiment with drugs. Thank you very much, Mr. Bryson, for your complete failure to defend the motion. Uh, <laughs> uh, any points for the proposition? For the proposition, Ms. Dixon. Um, the motion that's before the House this evening is that this House will experiment with drugs, right? So, first prop defines the motion as, as a collective whole, we would um, experiment with drugs. Now, unless you can conclusively prove to the House that it would be of tangible, measurable benefit to every single person in this room tonight, sitting here, that they would benefit from taking drugs, then you've lost it. Mr. McKenna, to respond. Yes, well, you see, the idea is that this House is either to endorse or reject this motion. Um, and while we all as individuals may or may not choose to, um, to associate ourselves with drugs, to experiment with drugs, we as a house and as a collective have to either endorse or reject this. And I say that we endorse it because we respect the fact that individual members of this house can do as they wish regarding it. Thank you, Mr. McKenna. And who can we offer respond? Mr. Yeah. I mean, normally I'm not completely like, fine the motion, just purely on the basis that people can't pull in as much and they don't see the debate branch out as much. However, on the one hand, I have seen the debate so far being measured in terms of you know the, the house and what we would do, and if just you know given the choice. Uh, so on that end, I do not think that it, enough benefits have been brought up. I mean, we've heard about tangible medical benefits. However, that does not say that the majority of us uh, who are healthy adults in this room we could benefit from that, and the. The other benefits measured are purely subjective. They may vary from basis to basis. Meanwhile, the risks, I think each one of us have outlined, 
are clear, definitive, and you know, do actually have consequences, whether or not it goes well. So, so. Thank you very much, Mr. Adair, and I believe we're back to a question for the opposition. Yes, I was going that, so any questions for the opposition? No, not at all. Why? Not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, no, this, this pretty much. Okay, so um, as, as somebody who is taking drugs right now, <laughs> for the recording, it's a bear. For recording, it is certainly not a hard narcotic. Um, for somebody that is taking a drug right now, and I've already raised this point, but I want to hear it as a response from the opposition itself, of how can we distinguish between some people in this room may have not experimented with alcohol, and we are defining alcohol as one of the biggest problems of our society as a drug. So if we're saying here, and we're saying, okay, well most of the people in this room experiment with alcohol, and we take alcohol, sometimes uh, way too much, I mean, <laughs> way too much. How can you turn around and say that this, taking this one beer, is going to be, because we're hearing a lot of problems and it's going to kill you, you're going to ruin relationships. One beer. <laughs> just the one beer. Uh, how, how can this cause a problem? Is it curve really experimenting? <laughs> Particularly one of the things. So having one beer, very last one doing any harm. I believe that's what the youths call throwing shit from the <laughs> uh, Yes, so who from the opposition would care to respond? Mr. Dargan? Again, no. I sort of leaned on this because it was a point that you brought up, uh, mainly that no, that it's not restricted purely to drugs in like an experimental sense. However, at least with uh, tobacco and alcohol and again medical uh, prescribed drugs, uh, they are regulated to a certain extent. They have certain the, the risks have been accounted for to some extent. Uh, in addition to that, um, we saw the issues associated with trying to ban it or prohibit it. We're trying to strip the sale of it, uh, production of it. It's with prohibition. It's just it's just too ingrained in our society. It's just it's just everywhere. Um, meanwhile, with uh, drugs and, uh, and of all kinds, all stripes and like, narcotics. Uh, uh, it's just they're more, they're more in the periphery. So in terms of restricting and dealing with the consequence of it to an individual, far far different ballgame. So that'll be my take on it. It's 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 accounting for something that's we already know is bad. It's just we don't want to let another one another one out of the genes involved. Thank you, Mr. Adair, and for the proposition, Ms. Swell. See, uh, like, here, here's where, you know, because you, you encounter someone with an actual proper addiction, say alcoholism. Most of the time, if it's something psychological, purely mental therapy will, will work in the majority of the cases, but most of the time, Drugs can supplement these and and have high higher rates of re recovery. So we need. I know this sounds ridiculous, but we need drugs to help addiction. And also, I'm going to address a 
address a question uh, that that was proposed to the house. How would all of how would all of you uh, uh, benefit from experimenting with drugs? And I'll answer this this with one statement. Everyone in this room will get sick at one point in their life. And at that point, you will need to experiment with drugs that will work for you and will get rid of your own condition and everything like that. And there are legal drugs that have actually been found to help some medical conditions. So, that's it. Thank you, Ms. Well, are there any uh, questions uh, abstaining on the motion? Abstaining. Uh, yes, good sir. Uh, so this to both sides. Yes. So to both sides, um, ex not accept that this uh, debate would probably be more effective if we focused on one drug, when the effects of drugs as a collective and the connotations as you've been talking about are so vast <laughs> and so varying in how they, if you experiment with heroin, it's completely different to experimenting with alcohol. So. It's Mr. Kilkenny, is it? Yeah. Yes, Mr. Kilkenny. Uh, I'll ask the opposition to respond this time. Uh, Mr. Doherty. Leo, um, and yes, I do agree with you that it's entirely possible that uh, this may have been a better debate had it been uh, focused on certain drugs. I'd say probably even if it was just this house would experiment with illegal drugs, maybe it would have been better because I think the issue of speaking about medical drugs, say, um, especially the idea of experimenting, is that, say, if you get a cold and you're told to have a lemsip and you need to take some Cavornia, you need to do it every night, and I'm going to have to go and do one that's on. That's not experimentation. That's you doing what you already know works, which is not experimenting. That's just um, natural human life, I guess. So, I think that there is an issue with the idea of experimenting with any drug because it sort of because it implies that you can experiment whenever when experimentation is a very sort of specific time point. In. That didn't work. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Hardy. And to respond to the professor, Mr. McBarren. Um, so I just to clarify before I go on to here, you're saying that certain drugs are worse to experiment with than others. So alcohol would be not as bad to experiment with instead of cocaine. I'm just saying that drugs as a collective, they have completely different effects. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you know, I cannot deny that coffee has caffeine in it, which is a drug, and obviously the effects of caffeine, unless you've got like an underlying heart condition or something, are probably not going to be as bad as the effects of cocaine. However, what I would say this is that the point of the argument we're trying to make here is that if you are free to take one substance like alcohol, which can do detrimental harm. In fact, we see proof in the news nearly every other day. How can do detrimental harm with car crashes and fights? Then why is it that another drug like marijuana should be illegal? Just it doesn't add up. Thank you, Mr. Barron. Just a quick point to everyone. Just and this is not a criticism from your part. That whenever, if you ever find yourself speaking and you find yourself specifically pointed towards one side of the audience, you really need to project. Otherwise, the other half won't be able to hear you. But um, I. Yeah, I'll actually really uh, I think I'll questions unless someone is really enthusiastic. Should everyone not address the president whenever speaking? Is that another thing? It is a thing, but it's, it's really hard to enforce. Uh, so we'll do it, but then I'll not.
all on that point, yeah. Actually, you can still speak. You're just, you're just not deemed to be specifically speaking before the house. Which incidentally meant there used to be a loophole where if you didn't address the president, you could swear as much as you wanted. <laughs> This is the time of the evening when you rummage for your membership cards, so please get those out. We will shortly be moving to a vote on speaker ability. But just to quickly remind the house before then, if you do not yet have a membership card, have you paid yet? That's fair. If you did speak to me beforehand, so I'll allow you to vote. But yes, if you do not yet have a membership card, you can speak to me at the end of the debate. And you can, uh, if you've already paid your card, get your card. This house would support the Israeli government after the, after the turnout this evening. I believe we will be attempting to book the Great Hall. Keep an eye out on Facebook and we'll email it as well if we get it. It's, it's a bit short notice, so we may not, but we will try to get the Great Hall. All places for that are filled. We have taken one reserved speaker. Mr. Roger, which side do you reserve yourself to speak on? Opposition. So, if anybody would like to reserve, uh, a space on the front. I'm only going to get about one, so it's whoever gets to me first. Uh, we will take your name, and if anyone drops out, or on the the very off chance we decide to expand to a four v four, we'll let you know. But in the meantime, if anybody wants to put their name down as a reserve for next week, speak to me. The week after that, there's still plenty of spaces. Uh, the motion is this house uh, believes there. Oh, there's no place. Allies, allies have no place. And safe spaces. In queer spaces. Apologies, yes. So allies have no place in queer spaces. The motion and the debate itself is being held in conjunction with the QUB LGBT plus society. Uh, so yes, please do speak to myself or Mr. Bryson if you're interested in speaking to that. And a final reminder that next Wednesday, so we will not be meeting again before this happens. Next Wednesday is the big pub quiz in Ada Pagawin. Please do try and get a few teams together, as again, if it's a success, not only will it, will it benefit them immensely, but it will also benefit us uh, when the uh, Society Awards come around. Uh, yes? What day is it? It is Wednesday, next Wednesday the 24th, at, uh, doors open half seven, uh, kick off at eight, there'll be first, first, second, third, three points in team cup five. And you want us to win? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, of course. Go for the kill and swing off me. Uh, so yes, please try and get the team together. Anyway, it is now time to move to a vote on speaker ability. I remind you, this is not uh, your personal opinion on how you feel in the motion. It's which side you believe spoke best this evening. So, if you believe that the proposition spoke best this evening, please raise your hand at your membership card and say aye. Aye. Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Aye. Thank you. Bye, folks. Okay.
We're still sign up tonight if you want. <laughs> Going privileges after tonight. Uh, we're not doing this again. My my predecessors are not smiling upon me at this moment. <laughs> Please raise your hand and say yay! Yeah. Yeah. Up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is your secretary? Nine. Is your? Yeah. And all those who uh, would like to abstain on the motion, who believe each side spoke equally well or equally terribly, or wish to express no opinion on the motion whatsoever, please raise your hand and say loud, say proud, say man! Man. Whoa, yes, you yeah. are. After the meeting, we will be adjourning to workers for a different fire pit for mental vegetable drinks. But just before that, Mr. Secretary, can you please bring back the vote to me? That was a whole five votes for the proposition, nine for the opposition, and twenty-five.